robbery. A robbery? Of course. We're international criminals. We do robberies. Shut up, Batman. Before we kick off with my inaugural episode of Movie Monday, I just wanted to address something I said about checking out an episode of Grizzly Peaks Radio entitled Plague of Fools. I'd forgotten about the fact that I'm a Patreon and therefore get to listen to particular episodes a week early. So apologies if you've been struggling to find it. I can now report. It is available for your listening pleasure. Let's get back to the scheduled program. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And they complained about time too, about not playing the and It was feast of all, and I heard him say, he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable Hello, my name's Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall And welcome to Movie Monday A Keep Off The Borderlands production Oh yes Are we not in the hands of a lunatic? Steady on Before we get into this month's movie I have a late call from Lex Mandrake of Dank Dungeons fame with their thoughts on last month's Movie Monday. Take it away, Lex. Hey Spencer, Lex here. Uh, gosh, I can't believe I missed Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast's Conan Christmas, but you know, the holidays are busy and you lose track of time. I didn't get to make it anything. Now, I have heard that you are the purveyor of Movie Night, so I did have some quick things to say about Conan the Barbarian media, like outside of the original source material, besides the movies. Uh, there's a lot of it out there that I think people like don't talk about very often. There was um, a Universal Studios stage play with some killer Basil Polidorus music. I mean, worth listening to the music. Maybe, maybe not the... Well, it's only like 16 minutes. Maybe watch the stage play on YouTube. People have taped it. Uh, but that was cool. It's like... 80s through the early 90s and there was not one but two tv shows in the 90s uh don't watch the late 90s live action one it's very bad uh but the early 90s animated one which you can check out on tubi is actually really fun uh it's a pretty good attempt at telling sword and sorcery for younger audiences uh, I feel like if I, when I was a kid, I probably would have loved this. And I was a kid when this was airing, but I just missed it. I, I don't know, but it's actually really cool. And the guy who made it also created Inspector Gadget. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, great show worth checking out, you know, considering the, the age that it's intended for. Um, most notably, I think, in terms of Conan offshoot media, are the comic books. Uh, most of them are just retellings of the stories, but man, do they do a good job. There are some early aughts Dark Horse comics uh, that I highly recommend, but I think the pinnacle are those 70s Roy Thomas Savage Sword of Conan comics. Like, my God, they're good. The art, the writing, it's all just perfect. In fact, 
Uh, maybe depending on the story, but if someone was asking me to like reread a Conan story, I might be reaching for one of those comics before I'm reaching for the original Howard books. In again, in some cases. Uh, so yeah, if people haven't checked out uh, a bunch of the previously mentioned stuff, aside from the live action thing, uh, they very much should. It's really cool, and there's just lots of ways to get your Conan fix. Well, thank you, Lex, and what a great way to start off my tour of duty as the custodian for Movie Monday or Movie Night. A great way to kick off the episode and a wealth of information there. Thanks again, Lex. Here we are, the new venue for Movie Night, Movie Monday. It's certainly going up in the world, in terms of latitude at least. And I want to start by saying a big thank you to Jason Connolly, the previous host, and passing on the torch to me. As we all know, he's taking a little time out of podcasting to concentrate on playing with himself. That's right. He started a blog, nerdsrpgvarietycast.com, documenting his solo RPG shenanigans. And best of luck with that going forward, Jason. I say, I say he's taking time out of podcasting, but I'll believe that when I see it. He's just hit episode 600, The Maniac. You know I love you, Jason. So let's just get this show on the road, shall we? I've just watched Time Bandits, and I have to say I was grinning from ear to ear like a fool throughout the whole glorious movie. So don't expect any impartiality from me or great insights for that matter. This film is just a joy and was so important to me as a kid. Child protagonist Kevin is obsessed with the same things that I was obsessed with and while my parents were nothing like Kevin's stupefied parents, I was all too aware that grown-ups seemed to be occupied by things that were of little or no concern to me and at the same time appeared to be completely oblivious to what was actually going on in the real world as I understood it. I'm glad to say this has lost none of its charm, and director Terry Gilliam's eye for detail has ensured that it still holds up today. The film still looks gorgeous. Terry Gilliam, as I'm sure you're aware, was the animator for Monty Python's Flying Circus, and his work is still some of the most outlandish stuff in that show, and that's quite a feat. I think there's something really magical about live-action films by directors who started out as animators. They aren't hung up on the limitations of reality when it comes to realising their visions and create movies that appear to exist in a whole different universe. Gilliam's first directing job was on 1975's Monty Python and the Holy Grail, working alongside Terry Jones. It's easy to see Gilliam's hand in the wonderfully grimy and mystical air of that film. Thanks to pirated video, it's a film I'd seen countless times before it became age-appropriate for me to do so. What were our parents thinking back then? This was followed by Jabberwocky, Gilliam's 1977 adaptation of the Lewis Carroll poem, and while I do enjoy the atmosphere and subversion of that film, it's not nearly as satisfying as the movies that it sits between. 
I immediately fell in love with the Time Bandits the moment I saw it, and I've considered it one of the greatest children's movies ever made ever since. Albeit a rather dark and twisted one with a somewhat bleak ending. And about that ending, there are some calls here that have got me considering it in a slightly different light, but more about that later. I realise I haven't even mentioned the script yet. This is a movie I've spent my life quoting. And then there's the wonderful performances of the late great Ian Holm as the petulant Napoleon, Connery as everyone's favourite adoptive father, King Agamemnon, and David Warner's gloriously egocentric evil. Then we have John Cleese's foppish Robin Hood, Michael Palin and Shelley Duvall dealing with their various problems, the adoring Mr and Mrs Ogre, and finally Ralph Richardson, who's perfect as the apathetic supreme being. For me, this film is just one great scene after another. And then there's the bandits and Kevin, of course, played by Craig Warnock, who got the part by tagging along to his brother's audition, and I think he does a great job here. As I record this, I have received a bunch of awesome calls, and I'll be adding little responses here and there, the odd interjection, perhaps, and I'll round things up at the end, where I'll be announcing the film for next Movie Monday. So, first up, you can't keep a good man down, it's her old host, Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm getting angry and Vermin is getting hungry. This movie doesn't take any time in getting going, does it? Of course, this time we're talking about 1981's Time Bandits by Terry Gilliam. Thank you for hosting this and taking up the mantle of Movie Mondays. You know, this is a great tradition that Goblin's Henchmen started and that we originally were playing over at Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm happy to see it going, continuing on, and being able to be a caller to it. Very exciting. I'm sure that other callers are going to talk about Kevin's parents and the materialistic dystopia they live in. I'm just going to say, what a great room Kevin has. All the great stuff on the walls. We even have Stephen Austin there by the door. I'm sure some people might complain about the special effects, but they don't bother me a bit. Probably because I really like the world building in this film. I think CGI probably would have ruined it. I like the practical effects and what they've done. Like I say, it feels like a lived-in world to me. I mean, obviously, it's kind of satirical and it's a lighthearted film. Well, in some ways, it's lighthearted. But I really like what they've done. The, and the idea that creation is kind of rushed explains some things, right? That's why we see, you know, Shelley Duvall and Michael Palin's characters are kind of repeated, and Sean Connery's, are, are repeated in different times to probably do that rush job a little bit. Um, it's a very quotable movie. Do you want to be leader of this gang? No, we agreed no leader. Right, so shut up and do as I say. Or the amazing performance by David Warner is evil. Dear Benson, you are so mercifully free of the ravages of intelligence. You say such nice things, Master. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Now I'm going to have to turn you into a dog for a while. The dwarves are great, and who can blame them for barring the map? I mean, it's the perfect adventure seed. The supreme being is done quite well here, I think, left quite mysterious. 
In fact, the casting is all top-notch. Young Craig Warnock as Kevin manages to hold his own with the dwarves and greats like Ian Holm and Sean Connery. And I can't imagine a better actor than David Warner to do evil. I, I think that performance is just wonderful. This is a hard one to nail down. It's often sold as a kid's movie, and it's even shot as one. Notice the low-angle shots, much like Spielberg would do with E.T. But it has a lot of satirical content for adults. It's a cautionary tale about technology. It even has horror elements. The ending, of course, is a controversial one and darker than many viewers like. In fact, we know that they added George Harrison's Dream Away at the end of the film. It was written specifically for this film to give it a more upbeat ending. What does the ending mean? Does it mean the Supreme Beam doesn't care at all? That Kevin is just one insignificant part of the universe? I don't think so. We learn Kevin has to stay and carry on the fight. You know, we're told that by the Supreme Being himself. In the end, I think it shows the end of innocence and the end of childhood. But either way, it's an ambiguous enough ending that each viewer can decide on their own. Although you can't get away from the idea it influenced the end of Men in Black. I've considered basing an RPG campaign on this, and I would still love to do that. It could be a lot of fun with the PCs on the run, not only from the Supreme Beam, but also evil. And eventually they'd have to rally to defeat evil by gathering forces from throughout time and eventually finding out that they can't trust technology, as we see at the end of the film. You could use just about any game to run this campaign, but it would have to mostly be grounded and replicate normal physics. The universe is quite a gritty place, you know. But still allow for crazy solutions and creativity that would occasionally break the rules. I'd be severely tempted to use the Palladium Megaversal system just to show the haters it could be done. As far as time travel movies go, this is one of the few perfect ones in my mind with no plot holes. The fact that the map is the Supreme Beings eliminates any issues with continuity or logic that many time travel stories fall into. All in all, again, I want to thank you for picking up the great tradition of Movie Monday. I look forward to the February selection, and I want to bid all the listeners to be excellent to each other. Hey, Jason, some great takes there and some nice suggestions for how you might turn this into a campaign. This feels pretty weird, us having switched places like this. Maybe the next movie should be Freaky Friday. Just to clarify, the next movie will not be Freaky Friday. <laughs> what up spencer i don't know if you can tell from the music but i just got finished watching time bandits dude all right stop playing this song i don't know how to make it stop on hbo max anyway dude yeah so i watched it for free on hbo max and i got us i haven't seen this movie since i was a little kid and hearing you talk about how much you love this movie it now makes a hundred thousand percent sense why you love gonzo so much this movie to me is the quintessential gonzo fantasy movie if you if we're putting these movies into rpg genres this is gonzo fantasy right here to like a t a quintessential gonzo movie it is bananas man (laughs) it's so good that final scene the final scene mom don't touch it, Mom. It's evil. Me and my sister, 
would just shout that all the time when we were kids. And our mom would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then they blow up and nobody cares. So, I like, does that mean that by them touching the evil, that basically, like, took them out of existence? Because... They just disappeared and nobody cared. It's not like they really exploded because nobody. Ca- I don't know. That's the final scene is very weird, very ambiguous. Uh, that whole movie, though, is absolutely bananas. It was it was a fun time. It's a minute and 55 or it's a minute. It's an hour and 55 minutes, but it went by fast. It really it didn't seem like almost two hours. So that's a key thing. One of the sad things about this movie, though, I was I was tight because I, I was recognizing people right by their voices and stuff. So I just typed into Google famous people in uh, Time Bandits and it listed, I think, like nine people. But of those nine people, about five or six of them are no longer with us. And I was just like, God damn, man. Yeah. So that's a bummer. But anyway, this this was this was a great selection, man. Like I said, I hadn't seen it in pff, probably 30 years, maybe a little more than that. I don't know, man. <laughs> it was definitely more than that. Probably like 35 years, I would say. A really fun time. Uh, definitely gameable, for sure. Definitely a gameable movie. And just, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's so British. It's uh, like the parents suck right the little kids parents are just terrible terrible people uh though i do love the mom's line in the beginning where she's talking about that one contraption and she's like yeah from a block of ice to beef bourguignon in eight seconds (laughs) that's a pretty awesome machine man that'd be pretty amazing the kid the kid is like the most stoic little kid of all time like if you just imagine what like he doesn't express a whole lot of emotions throughout the movie. He stays pretty even keeled throughout the whole thing. And that's a testament to him. Uh, Sean Connery is an awesome badass in the movie. John Cleese, um, all those guys, man, it was, it's a good, good time. I'm excited that you're hosting uh movie night now. That's really fun. I hope people send in their, well, I'm not going to, you know, saying I hope people send in their messages on this message is dumb because nobody will hear this before the messages come in. I'm excited to hear everybody's messages. Anyway, man, I hope we get to hear what you think about this movie, too, because I know you said you love the movie, but I really want to hear you talk about it some. I'm excited to hear everybody else. Thanks for hosting. Goblin Sentiment, thanks for the idea. Take it easy, everybody, and peace out. Hi, Joe. You know what, I've never even thought of this as Gonzo, but you're absolutely right. Of course it is, especially when we get to the final showdown and everything but the kitchen sink is getting thrown at evil. Now, I don't know if I've got a message from Menyon, aka Rob, from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy at the time I'm recording this, but he just happened to watch the film without realising it was the movie of the month and shared his thoughts over there, he made an interesting point about the exploding parents ending being almost more dreamlike than the rest of the film. The way nobody bats an eyelid when it happens and Kevin's just left there on the lawn. This feels like a really familiar feature of my dreams at least. Those 
hey, does nobody realise how weird this all is moments. It is a very dreamlike ending. Hey there, Free Thrall. Here is my entry for Time Bandits. Um, I feel like I really liked this movie when I watched it way back. And it had some really good scenes in it. But this time around, overall, I felt it was generally pretty silly. There were some highlights, I feel. Um, some cool interaction between the, uh, the thieves of the map and the main character. Uh, the kid who I guess is the focus of the story. Um, but a lot of things fall flat or are overdone or like I said, are just silly or full of innuendo that probably went over my head at the time. And now I just think are kind of not so good. Um, I thought the Napoleon entry was pretty interesting and kind of fun and funny. I didn't like the Robin Hood one because I guess, well, I guess it's supposed to be fantasy in general, not historical. Although they do go to the land of fantasy at some point. Um, so like I said, they're cool visuals, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I remember really liking the Greek themed um, part, the Greek themed adventure. But this and this time it was still pretty good. The fight scene with the Minotaur was interesting, and then uh, the boy's um, sort of adoption by Sean Connery's character. Um, but and then uh, I was still I was mad though at the uh, when they kind of robbed him at the end. Uh, but that was yeah, that was I guess part of it. And then um, the scene on board the ship. Oh, that doesn't happen. Wait, does that happen? Yeah, that does happen then, doesn't it? Yeah, they're temporarily on the Titanic, we learn, which is kind of ironic. And then they go to the land of uh, make-believe. And I thought I thought that was a cool visual, the ship with the giant on his head. I always remember that. Um, I didn't really understand the ogre thing and the female ogre thing. And then they meet with... Or the confront evil, and then there's, I thought the uh, there was a good visual, with you know when they escape from the hanging jail cells, that was pretty good. Um, I didn't like the last scene; it was just kind of weird, and uh, and I know, and I still am traumatized because I don't know what the hell happens at the end when he tells his parents not to touch it; it's evil, and then they blow up. And he's just kind of left there. Maybe there's some sort of callback to something or some sort of uh, humor that I don't quite understand. But maybe you can explain it to me. Anyway, that's my quick wrap-up of Time Bandits. Again, some good visuals. Oh, I thought like the Supreme Being was kind of strangely silly uh, and a bit irreverent. Uh, but, but maybe that's just Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin being ironic. Anyway, help me out here. Help me understand why this might be a good movie, or maybe you won't. But thanks again, Free Thrall, for hosting Movie Night. Hey, Carl. I don't know if you were just in the wrong frame of mind when you sat down to watch this, or it simply isn't for you anymore. And, well, that's just how these things go, isn't it? As for it being silly, well, 
I don't really see that as a failing. It's just a fact. As a matter of taste, I've got a lot of time for silliness and I take my nonsense seriously. I guess it comes down to what you want to get out of it. Fortunately, movies come in all different flavours, but if you really want to be convinced otherwise about this one, I couldn't think of any better way of persuading you than listening to some of the other calls featured in this episode. Spencer, Daniel from Bandits Keep calling in about the movie night. Got to watch Time Bandits. Time Bandits uh-huh, from Bandits Keep. I like this. I feel like you may have picked this one for me. But anyways, I got to I got to watch it last night and I want to call in about it. I think I had said before that I, I loved this movie when I was a kid. And it, it was just, I just remember really watching it over and over and over again. But funny enough, as, I, as an adult, I didn't really remember the movie. I just remembered that I liked watching it a lot as a kid. And I remember, you know, some of the various scenes, which I'll talk about. And I remember maybe eight months ago or so, it just came to mind. I thought, oh, you know what I have now since I was a kid? Time Bandits. And it was on something. I think it was on Prime at that point. And I watched it. And, you know, I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I was a little bit like, huh, interesting. This is different than I remember it. Of course, now I'm looking at it as an adult. And while it was enjoyable, I didn't wasn't didn't like some of the other old movies we've been watching. It didn't like really spark that nostalgia in me for whatever reason. But you know, for all these movie nights, I always watch the movie again, and I watched it again last night. And okay, now I remember why I loved it so much when I was a kid. I must have just had an off day the last time I watched it, <laughs> because wow, what a great movie! It was real fun, and it's it's more of a comedy. And I'll, I will say up front, I'm not really a comedy person, like. Very few of my favorite movies are comedies, so and this is definitely a comedy. There's a lot of kind of slapstick stuff going on, and there's a lot kind of humor. I mean, the whole thing is really, uh, you know, there's all these little like running jokes through it with the technology and the the the, the couple that's trying to kiss constantly and constantly. I think twice, but you know, you have these like running jokes and you have this certain kind of humor, which you know isn't my thing that I love. But look, taking the humor out of it which I think was fine. It was funny. It, the adventure that they go on is just fantastic. The portal jumping. As soon as I started watching it again, I started thinking to myself, all right, Troika. And it's funny because I, I, I sat down with my phone to make some notes because I wanted to make sure I had something to say. And after about 10 minutes into the movie, I forgot to take notes because I was enjoying it so much. But all the various portal jumping was just super fun. You know, and as a kid, especially, I remember this, like I was a lot like that kid. I would read history books and read about the various things. So I think that was my connection that I really had to it. I love the costuming, especially on the bandits themselves, like when they first show up and they've got this like mixture of weird stuff like pirate stuff and machine guns. And (laughs) it's just really great. You know, it just has this like zany, almost gonzo, I guess, maybe uh, feel to it that I think really works well for certain types of gaming. You could definitely play this out, a series of adventures with this, like a campaign doing each one is kind of a one shot where you fall through different, fall through or go through different time doors to try to heist these various places in time, right? I think that, and then of course I'm going to mention now, the thing I always remembered from a kid, the thing that I liked the first time I watched it as an adult and the thing I really liked again watching it was the scene when they are in the dark tower and they're in those cages, 
What a great scene. Like that right there is – and some of the other st- just clever stuff they do. But like that right there is like that's the game to me. Like I love the idea of them being trapped, looking at items they have, thinking about what they did before. Uh, actions they took earlier, the, the kid, Kevin, taking uh, a, a Polaroid, right? <laughs> them being able to see the map, the, the you know, using the knife that they had picked up along the way, cutting the rope, using different skills to kind of do it. It really, really comes together and works. The other thing that I noticed, again, watching it as an adult that I didn't notice as a kid ever that I remember is in the scene where they are battling the evil guy, like all the things that look like toys, like they basically, they bring in the toy soldiers, but like all the rocks and stuff that look like pieces of Lego. It's really interesting. And I wonder, you know, there's definitely some themes going on. One of the, the only note I did take to this when I first started watching it was, is this supposed to be in the future? <laughs> because, you know, all the stuff that's going on on the TV with the technology and the, oh, they have this and they can do it in four seconds, this and that. But then I started thinking, no, this is more like a, a play on the society, right? It's supposed to be of kind of biting humor, if you will. So that that's kind of, I guess, where that comes from. It reminds me a little bit, although completely in a different context, obviously, of Gulliver's Travels. You know, except not exactly, but it has that same kind of vibe. You know, if you actually read Gulliver's Travels, at, well, like I did as an adult, and you read like all the little footnotes and stuff like that where they talk about what some of the things mean that you, we might not get because we weren't alive at that time period. It has, again, a, a similar thing. It's making this kind of commentary on society and people and how they are, and, and it's using these kind of really extreme examples to do it. So Time Bandits, all in all, really good. I would definitely uh, watch it again. Now that I'm glad that I actually watched it again because I may have faded away from it for a while. It was something that I think I got to be in the mood for, though. It's a little zany for me, so it's not something I'd sit down and watch any time. But some of those scenes, just some of the visuals, some of the characters are just really, really great. Another thing I really like about it is how matter-of-fact, and you know, a lot of older movies like this are like that, how matter-of-fact things are, right? Somebody like Kevin just falls out of the sky, right, in these different places, and people just take him in, you know. It's like like when they landed on the boat, right? Like, how did they get all those tuxedos? Like, it doesn't matter, right? It's just, it. that's exactly what you'd be doing at your gaming table. We've got a bunch of gold. We're just going to have stuff, and we're not going to worry about it. We're not going to be too precise about it. This is the kind of way that, you know, I think when I'm playing the game. So just to tie everything back into gaming, I think Time Bandits would be really great. I think Troika would be my pick. And, you know, I, don't, I haven't played a lot of Troika, but Troika has that zany feel. And I think that even though, obviously, the bandits themselves being, I guess, angels, they're, they all start at the same place. You could definitely do the Troika thing and have these, like, weird, like, different careers that kind of came together. Uh, even through different, I know there's different, like, um, people have done different characters for Troika with different kind of vibes. And you could definitely mix it up a little bit. Like, you pick people up along the way. And you could do kind of a fun, action-packed, kind of pulpy, in a way, uh, adventure uh, that's, you know, not, not doesn't take itself too seriously. Anyways, thanks for doing this. I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone else says about Time Bandits. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Daniel. I just want to say that Troika is a great pick for this. And it's funny, I'm a little surprised that some folks struggle with comedy, not just not really liking certain styles of comedy, but not 
appreciating, if that's the right word, comedy in general. It's just such a big deal for me. I don't think I could get through life without being able to laugh about it. You know, uh, maybe that's more of a personal thing than I imagine. But I'm glad you enjoyed the film all the same. Hey, Spencer. It's Anthony calling in from the road in the Casting Shadows podcast. And I have finished across three sittings, each one ever harder to to break off because uh, I just didn't have enough time to watch the whole thing in one sitting. I just finished watching Time Bandits, which is a, a movie that you know I've over the many many years since it came out, I have watched again and again and again. It's a favorite film. I can remember being in the theater to watch it as a kid and discussing with my cousins who were also there uh, to watch it how many films we had seen previously. And I remember figuring out, correctly or incorrectly, I don't know, that this was the seventh film I'd ever seen. <laughs> and in those days, the only way to see a film was, you know, in the, in the theaters. So it was the seventh time I'd gone to the movie theater, something like that. And that was, that was so very impressive. It's laughable now. But uh, we all thought, of course, that we were there to see it because it was a kid's movie. Uh, of course, it turns out I learned when I got to university and became a huge Python fan that we had gone because my father was a huge Python fan and he never thought to mention it or, or share it. Of course, there was no way to share it in those days. It didn't even come on to PBS until uh, my last year of high school. So anyway, um, Time Bandits. There's a lot to talk about in this film and what to bring up. I guess I want to bring up, I love the careful attention in the beginning of the movie to the state of our main character, our child's life. How messy the room is, the, the toys and items that are scattered everywhere. I love how the tension and fear is built You know, after the appearance of the, of the knight on his charger in the room and how curious yet afraid he is of what's going to happen next and will something happen next and you know in that opening scene we're not really able to detect the first time we watch the film the relevance of the items that are scattered around the room but of course as the film plays out all of these things are in evidence and it of course raises the question of is it all a dream? And I wonder if it's as simple as that. Is it as simple as he dreamt it all? Or if more was intended? Like the connections between people, places, and things. How nothing is, is really isolated or separate. And the signs and the portents are there if you but look for them. You know, let those with ear hear let those with ears hear kind of thing. But then again, it also makes me wonder if what they were really trying to get at with the film is that the people that we grow to be are shaped by the children we were and the dreams we had and the games we played and the people we met along the way. If, if the adult is assembled from the various scattered messy building blocks of childhood. I wonder if that's 
kind of what they were getting at. Or if they just like the idea of being scattered across time. And as we look at history all laid out before us, how we're faced with the question of what will we allow to happen? Will it be good or will it be evil? Favorite scene for me, favorite quoted line has always come down to, Don't touch it! It's evil! (laughs) I don't know why, it just has always stuck with me. That and the knowing look at the end of the film. Anyway, thanks for taking on the mantle of Movie Monday. The madness and mayhem have a new home on the borderlands, where we should all keep off. Anyway, take care, Spencer. I look forward to listening to the other responses. Interesting stuff there, Anthony. What gets me about the difference between Kevin's world and that of his jaded parents is it's there to highlight the importance of retaining and nurturing that sense of childlike wonder and showing us where we'll end up if we let our dreams or imagination wither and die. And I think that's something that's present throughout Gilliam's body of work. Okay, well, the Southwest sofa has returned. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Keeping it straight. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year. You're so good at this, man. Right. Last one, you were like, and Merry Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, and Merry Christmas. Um, well, I'm, I'm just, just a nice guy. You, you are, yeah. yeah. Apart from last time when you said if you own Conan as a slave, you just work him to bone, man, make him fight forever. So apart from that... Well, yeah, I mean, he was making loads of money, man. Was, and then that money I was giving to the poor. Were you? Yeah, that's the, the poor being thought. you, is that? Yeah, <laughs> to start with. Start with. <laughs> fair enough. You know, I guess if you spend money, you, you fuel the economy, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Let's go for the little businesses. Right. Apart. Yeah. Okay. So we agree. You're a super nice guy. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, time bandits. Time bandits. Uh, I'm, I'm really super stoked. This one's on the on the list. Yeah. I saw it there. And I was looking forward to seeing it turn up. So I, I am happy. I will say, I mean, you can see you got the gist on the cover. Oh, yeah, there's not that much of a hint on the cover, but the back. I mean, I don't know. You always remember these much better than me, so I don't think I can spoil it. So basically, I remember really enjoying as a kid. I only remember two real things about the little guys. Yeah. I think they go through time. <laughs> a little bit and, of exploitation there. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> no, man, no. imagine that. It's a good, good, good hit on the, you know. Oh, of, giving it to little businesses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> could be, but you know, I have to say, like these, uh, well, this. Yeah, well, I get it's one of these things like these. If you if you're in that niche market, then you, this is a great yeah, film, right? Absolutely. All nine of you get a gig. Yeah, definitely. Not been, any... It's not been this good since Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, remind me, my my parents worked in Ghana, and like basically, uh, a lot of restaurants had a dwarf that opened the door. That's just it. It's like the gimmick. <laughs> Nice. And it was like, you know, I can just Again, imagine. Though, that's a national, almost like national service for them. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was like, it's like, yes, pay dirt. You got, you got, you got. Right, let's leave that alone, shall we? But yeah, remember the little probably, guys? Probably best. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself some trouble sometimes. Um, and the only other thing I remember vividly, I think it's Don't worry if I, oh no, other people would have watched it. They'll watch it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and spoilers just, between us. Uh, yeah, in fact, mainly spoilers from you to me, because you remember it, I remember it. Yeah, but I don't ever spoil it for you, that's the trouble. I just get mm. the wrong films in order. <laughs> yeah, that's how you spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Well we did have an audit to make sure you actually had it this time. Because I do I did yeah. I did have this as well in my yeah. list in my my collection. But um should I, should I say the only other thing I remember? Yeah do it. Uh, Sean Connery and a Minotaur. That's it. That's all cool. I got from this. Cool. 
So I'm really, I'm, I'm sure you remember that bit. Yeah, you do? oh, 100%. I, this is, again, in the same way for you, super stoked that this was on the uh, mm. on, on the list. Okay. Um, kind of just, it's one of those classics, isn't it? And it's, uh, again, when we talk about all of these things, the, all of these films are being very, um, if you're trying to put them in a genre, they're, they're, they're quite eclectic. Yep. So this isn't a, a, you know, a classic fighting fantasy sword and sorcery type thing there's there are things involved in it but it's not um it's not one of the it's not a conan it's kind of a bit it's a bit zany isn't it yeah i've heard people yeah okay um super excited super excited can we remember how old this is nope so we're thinking 80s right yeah hopefully yeah Um, something like that we can find out later all right should should we hit it let's do it right here we go Okay, fella. Well, that was uh, Time Bandits, 1981. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obvs. Everyone yeah, knows yeah. that. Everyone knows it was 1981. Of course, man, of course. <laughs> so what do you reckon? Uh, just one of my really all-time favourite films. It's just <laughs> so much fun. I just love it. Yeah. yeah. It's, just... it's basically a little bit of a ridiculous romp, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean... It's, it's not really a fantasy. Uh, did you I can't remember if you said this in the intro? But it's not really a fantasy film, is it? It's sort of like a kind of well, it is a fantasy film, yeah. but it's not like a, a sword and sorcery film. Is yeah. what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like a, I mean, it's, you, you can set well for me. I can sense the Monty Python vibe throughout, right? Hundred percent. I mean, just almost like almost like just constant all the way through. Wasn't yeah, it? it's there, almost so. like each each cutscene is almost like one of those. And uh, now for something completely different kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. Um, and. Um, just I mean, the Inquisition to come in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just right. But um, I mean, it's funny because I think it's. I mean, it's obviously intended to be funny, but I don't know if it's meant to be a comedy. It's kind of like it's almost like Labyrinth or something, but with more jokes or something. I don't know. Would you say it's a straight comedy or is it just? Um, it's sort yeah, of like I mean, it's, it's wacky, isn't it? So what people call Gonzo. Just had absolutely almost <laughs> almost in tears. The whole. Giving out, giving out the, the the gold to the poor and the, and the guy then just punching the poor people. Yeah, <laughs> that guy really, he really actually looked genuinely like full of menace, didn't he? I don't know, maybe it was something about... Like... <laughs> the thing, I was just getting the stuff given to him, it was amazing. That was definitely very Monty Python, oh, the kind of surreal yeah. Mr. Happy Robin Hood, the yeah. psychotic guy and then punching the peasants. <laughs> I think maybe you got something about punching, punching people out because you love the camel getting whacked in Conan. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's some really crazy minded violence, but yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, dear. fun. I, it had a great start with the the horse bursting in. Yeah, because I literally I've forgotten pretty much nearly everything about that film, other than um, just the, the you know the the, the the small guys going through time. I mean, they've got to have that that Kevin character, or whatever, like in. Um, Almost. What's that? Like Princess Bride is like a kid in it or whatever. Like yeah, oh yeah. Sort of yeah. Oh, giving yeah, some course, narrative yeah. feel. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I guess it's a kids' film, right? I suppose. Do you think? Maybe. I don't it's know. Probably, isn't it? It's PG. It's PG. I'm just trying to figure out if it's just yeah. like because I've got a kid and you're meant to feel the same kind of yeah, like. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's it's his little adventure, isn't it? Because then mm. right at the very end, there's you know when the, when the fireman comes in to, to rescue yeah, yeah. all of the stuff that he's just been dreaming about. Is all well, I did wonder. Floor, that. I saw so there was horses. I saw yeah. there, but did what? I should have paused it and had a look, but presumably there's Robin Hood and stuff like that, is there? Well, there was, I think that stuff was on the wall ah, in the beginning. right, okay. Well, there was stuff like it on the wall. Yep. And then, so there was like a tank on the floor. Was there? Was okay. The I should pa- I'd like to, pieces, so almost on. like to go back and pause it and see, but I'm sure you're right. It reminds me of one of those kids' books I read, you know, and they, they have all the, like, 
have an adventure then you find him in the bathtub with like there's a giraffe on the shelf yeah. and a yeah. elephant sponge thing yeah i mean what about favorite scenes i think you no, no, no. I think favourite scenes, I mean, I really remember that Minotaur fighting scene. Yeah. And if anything, that's the most gritty kind of sword and sorcery bit of it, isn't it? Maybe it's that's quite why a lot of parallel, isn't it? Yeah. For, like, if it was kids and stuff, though, it's quite a, little, it's, it's quite a scary thing, isn't yeah. it? Because it, it's been there. So. And those other Minotaur things were kind of weird, kind of spooky as well, yeah, right? Yeah, I remember those really With scary the weird hooks. when I was a kid. And the and the, the the hanging the oblivion on the chains that that was pretty yeah, cool. That was very fun. Just the way that he took so much rope from the thing, just that he would tie it up. And then he just like it just they just the whole thing with those with the you knew it was going to go wrong, just, right? They were just incredibly dense and just but given so much power and did so much stuff previously, but just. Just, yeah, true. They created the universe or something yeah. as well. <laughs> just like you're Because like when, right at just, the beginning, I was just thinking to myself, why, why are they trying to cozy up to Napoleon? Like, aren't they meant to be escaping or something? Yeah. And then I realised that oh, they're going to try rob him. Yeah, <laughs> so, just, you know, it is time bandits. So yeah. they are thieves. Well, it's just, but in the very first scene, or not the very first scene, but when they come through mm. and they think it's the the overlord. Ah, uh, is that what they think it the, is? The, the oh torch, yeah, with the torch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, begging for mercy. That's not, doesn't even look like him. Get him! That's true. But it's all kind of that slapstick thing of, you know, put the torch in the face. Yeah, yeah. his face, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the um, the evil guy is like, so he's like, you know, it kind of remind me of like somehow a bit like Alan Rickman in. Oh yeah, like what's the? Oh, um, Robin Hood. Yeah, it was almost yeah. a bit like him. He no was like more merciful beheadings. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel Christmas. It was obviously very. Uh, he's kind of like so extremely bad. I mean, yeah. that that definitely felt again Monty Python esque. I think the I think the most grounded bit almost felt was the the Greek thing. That was pretty straight. I think it was, wasn't it? Until they came along and like uh, yeah, ruined it for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I don't blame him. And with that as well, like he found a like a father figure yeah. that actually, but actually wanted to be around him as yeah, well and yeah, do stuff. For real, the, their parents unfortunately were their were parents uh, slaves to technology. They were almost a bit Harry Potter parent esque, weren't they? Like kind of yeah, like a bit yeah. bit scummy and miserable with their plastic chair. Yeah, their sofas covered in plastic. Yeah. In fact, the baddies, evil guys, he he was all covered Same in baddies. Well, yeah. So was he like a metaphor? Maybe it might be a thing there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think you're left with that thing, the old classic. Is it a dream? But then he has like the photographs. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I quite like the uh, the couple going through time. You know, um, Michael Palin and. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? I don't know who that was, but um, yeah, the the Pansy. Sort of like, Pansy. Pansy yeah, she, actually, she reminded me like almost the character out of the Were Rabbit. You know, the, have you ever oh, seen? Oh yes, of course, from um, Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, there's a bit yeah. of a vibe there. Yeah. But they think it's funny. It's like quite often we're finding older films and referencing. Yeah, you know, I, I think when we watch these films, we quite often say, "Oh, this reminds me of a slightly older film," implying yeah. that this film had stolen from the older film, but it couldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it, I think. I think the problem the problem for me with this film is I really don't have as I think I've forgotten so much about it that I don't have quite as much nostalgia yeah, for it. Uh, that's but, a shame. But, but hopefully you do now on the thing. Yeah, cause... it's still it's still I mean it's it's obviously great fun. But I I think a lot of films I've watched I really remembered the vibe and I think this one for some reason I think it's almost been so long that I've actually forgotten what what was happening in it. But yeah, yeah it was I certainly thought it was really it was it was definitely genuinely funny and. Um, and all the, all the like the weird cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, didn't see any didn't see any bloopers in it really. 
I guess it was all comedy, so yeah, there was anything so you wrong with really it. Matter if they did anything, I, you kind of you almost wonder whether that kind of little fight scene in the uh, in with Napoleon, yeah, whether anyone kind of did like properly throw punches or anything like that at all, <laughs> all stuff that connected in. There's a few things supposed to because it looked. There's yeah, certainly some things that there's quite of objects that like nearly hit things and, and things that oh, hit yeah, people yeah. That, on the head. The dog almost getting hit by the by the bone. Yeah. <laughs> Cross in it. And I quite enjoyed the ogre oh, scene dear. and the giant. That was pretty. That was, yeah, this yeah. is it. Like there's a lot of like um, iconic kind of because I'd I'd completely forgotten about the giant scene until he started rising out of the water. And I think mm. I, I must have seen that. I think recently because I think I remember seeing a scene with the giant with the thing on his head. Yeah. Is it? It's sort of a minute. It's sort of. Is there a Games Workshop miniature with a giant with a it boat? Like, it, it, it's on not, his head. not quite got a boat on his head, but the similar but it looks very, very similar. Yeah, okay. I think they've taken from that. Maybe borrowed it. Um as inspiration, so for mm -hmm. some of this stuff. But, okay, so, so, yeah. so here we go. So what 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 are we gonna we we get give it its swords? It's gotta be swords, isn't it? I think now. Okay, go for it. What do you think? <sighs> I really, I really <laughs> enjoy this film. There's there's very little that I don't like of this film and stuff there. Um, obviously, it's PG, so you can't be expecting the, the standard Medusa type of uh, type of experience. Yeah. So that, but that's fine because yeah. we, we I think we're both trying to work out when we when we actually properly saw it. Saw it. So, yeah. Um, uh, so I think so, I must have seen a couple of years after it was. Yeah, I think. Out, so. I don't so. think I saw it at the cinema. I don't think. So I, think I probably saw about ten or so. I reckon yeah. is my guess. So it's just one of those. This is one of those films I think that just kind of follows you through and stuff there. So, um, not to not to avoid any more. So I'm going to go um, four point seven five. <laughs> wow, that's your highest score, isn't it? I know it's my highest wow, score. Okay, that's yeah. wow, amazing. I so, think so. Yeah. I mean, like you say, it's not quite the same genre, is it? So if you, no. you, you can't you can't really put it head to head with like a you know Conan a, or a high or, fantasy kind yeah. of thing going or like. You know, Hawk Conan. the Slayer seems to be your favourite at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this is a bit more Hawk the Slayer because it's a bit more out there. Um, okay, so that's wow. This is your top rated it's time proper manners. High, proper high. Okay. I just just all the way through. It just makes me <laughs> chuckle. Just all of the little bits. There's just so much there that it's just one of those things that you just see a little bit different every time. Yeah. And, and there's just little things that might not make other people laugh, but make you laugh because it, it things so. Um, yeah, the umber bulk has spoken. Oh, the umber bulk. Yeah, right. We 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 gonna have another 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 go at that probably at the end. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go four swords on it because I did enjoy it, but I, I think basically I think oh, I, I think my yeah I think my mindset is I'm thinking like I'm thinking more of a sword and sorcery vibe. Mind you, like um, what was it, uh, Princess Bride? Yeah. You know that that is that's again not really. It's got a lot of fighting in it and stuff, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good fun. Not but that I, much though, obviously. No, four's pretty high, man. It's gonna break the DVD after this. <laughs> snap it in half. Um, I, th I think. Go right to your house and snap your one in half. <laughs> <laughs> you keep yours. You snap mine. I think. Um, Just to save you the effort. Four's pretty good, man. I think the um, I think I think the Monty Python vibe that I kept getting it was quite strongly. I think it kept taking me out of the film a little bit. Yeah. So I kept thinking, oh, that's Monty Python. Maybe I was being too analytical. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. But uh, I would like I think I I think Lady Hawk I enjoy. I think kind of keeps growing on me. Conan, for example, if I had to pick Conan on this, I'd probably pick Conan. Would you? And I like I say, I've got nothing. I like the film. It was good fun, but uh, obviously. 
I think I think over the time I've probably watched this more than I've watched Conan. Okay. Which then kind of makes it more nostalgic for me, I think, just for it's one that I have gone back to quite yeah, a few yeah. times. Yeah. And not one so it was already part of my film collection. Yeah. Not one that I've had to go out and get to mm-hmm. to facilitate this this type of thing. So yeah. um, I mean it's it's kinda of funny. If I was if I wasn't if I wasn't watching it as a kind of my my mindset of like fantasy films from the 80s then you know just as a like straight up just a film I think I would sort of feel like more strongly in favour of it if you know what I mean because it would just be like a film kind of feels like you're backtracking (laughs) I'm backtracking anyway I I think 4 is a good rating I think (laughs) I think it's uh, I think it's really good Um, so we're coming we're we're probably arriving at about 4.5 based on your yours and mine right 4.75 4.75 plus 4. 4. 4. What? 4.375. Is that the number, is it? Yeah. You've worked it out? Okay. So that's... Uh, does that does, that would be controversial. That would be putting it... That wouldn't be putting it lower than uh, Conan the remake. Surely not. I don't think it was. That was quite... That, well, I think that was quite low, wasn't it? Maybe we, you know, we so. give it three and a half and something. I don't know. Anyway. I remember. So... I think, yeah, in, I think we went quite low on that. But in terms of like... Like watching it again, like obviously you you you've seen it a lot. I'd you know I'd watch it again, but uh, um, I definitely I think I'd give it a bit of a gap, just so otherwise the impact would be. Well, I mean you're gonna have to find another DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna come around my house, are you? Knock knock knock. And over. Mine's still mine's still snap in front of your mine, face and you'll laugh. You love it. Mine's still in shrink wrap. I haven't even I haven't, I haven't cracked mine open. Tell even... you what, I should watch it with the watch it with the kids because that's that's probably about their age where I saw it. I reckon so. There's nothing too fruity in it, is there? Like to worry no, about. No. Okay. All right. Well, just, I, but I guess we just have to. Yeah, yeah. What is that problem? Hmm? What is that problem that Michael Palin has? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The problem is he needed fruit for it, which they, that, that, that's what that's what. That's what, threw say me. what type of fruit? I guess. Well, that's that? true. <laughs> I, I thought it might be. Yeah. I thought, oh, I thought. I thought it might be really like blue pill related, but. <laughs> <laughs> then when he needed fruit, that kind of that threw me off. And then he had his nose condition. Did he have a did he, on the, the toupee? Yeah, well. and the toupee. Did he have what was it? We saw him three times. Once as yeah, the the fruit. Once on the Titanic. I thought we saw him three times. I thought we did. What was the other one? He wasn't. He was on the. No, he wasn't. So he wasn't in the Greeks. He wasn't in the Napoleonics. No, the Greeks or. He was, certainly wasn't in the Land of Legends, was he? So, no, so. Oh, well, maybe it's only twice. I'm sure it's three times. Oh, well, we'll have to... Have to watch it again. <laughs> I can't, man. You broke mine in half. <laughs> yeah. So, so it sounds... So, you've, have you been thinking more about your, a super wicked cool nickname like mine? super wicked cool. So, you're sticking name. with the Umber Bulk, eh? The umber bulk, oh, yeah, okay, well... Just, just... I think we should still workshop it. I'm, I'm, I was thinking on the way over. Oh, right, here we go. Here we go. Like it, I, I quite like the Umber, the, the umber Bulk. How about this? You ready? Yeah. How about Red Drag Queen? <laughs> <laughs> That's only on the weekends, right? <laughs> That's when I'm Benedette. Benedette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Benedette, the ancient red drag queen. <laughs> Embrace, you know, embracing your gender fluid, fluidity yeah. or something. There is that, man. There is that. Yeah, that's, the one, that's the one I cooked up on the on the way over. Yeah, nice. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with the umberbolt right? Yeah, yeah, well, okay. I that's think. a winner, is it? <laughs> For me, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to support you in your choice. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Either way. But uh, I'm not judging. But Equal opportunities. If we... Uh, 
I think we'll give it a couple more goes and see if we see if we. Uh, but that one's that's a, that's your lady hawk. I'm waiting for a time bandit to knock it off. Yeah. So okay, here we go. Time bandit or lady hawk. Time bandit. Yeah. No Every hesitation. Time. Every right. time. There you go. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot because hmm? I knew that you'd been asking, you'd been asking me these questions. <laughs> I got. I got. But yeah. But so, yeah. there was something else that beat lady hawk last time just by Pip. Um. It wasn't Conan, was it? It was Conan. Was it? Conan the Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. all right, here we go. Yeah. Conan the Destroyer or Time Bandit. Time Bandit. Yeah. yeah okay, nice. Honestly, I can't describe how much it just makes me smile looking at this film and just having bits and pieces and it just, I love it. There's just various little bits that just yeah. really take me back. And I, and part of it, I do wonder, is if, if either of us were probably about the same age as Kevin in the film when mm. this happened you kind of then thinking oh, is it going to happen is yeah, it going to happen yeah. what happen True. and it's just just super exciting and there's just some really good bits in that I think yeah and I, I did, and I think I think I think if I had more of a memory of it strongly I just remember enjoying it but when I was watching it I kept thinking do I remember this bit do I remember this bit so maybe I got too much of an analytical like thing on it I kept thinking oh that's Monty Python and this and that so yeah. it took, maybe it took me slightly out of it Ron just watching the damn thing right dude I well, think you've got no chance now <laughs> <laughs> you really are going to come knock eh? I'm sorry man you, you, four hand it over so anytime anyone rates it a four that's a, that's a DVD it's breaker a, is it straight. I think wow, it should man, be shouldn't it man that's so harsh well it should be a better film obviously it's true where's that where's Conan the uh, remake we didn't we that's on the fire dude <laughs> <laughs> you melted it have you well maybe you're a man of your word alright let's wrap it up there cheers so the southwest so has spoken we've got in at time bandits yeah 4.375 yeah and maybe so we're still kind of working out what type of things they are yeah oh yeah well, in terms of a sword maybe um, three long swords a short sword and a buckler a buckler we can we're, well, like a spiked buckler? Yeah, it could do. I didn't realise we were introducing shields well, into it, though. Well, bucklers. Bucklers is a, it's just a, it's an additional thing. I'm just trying to think of... Yeah. I'm wondering... Know. Maybe it's just three... Four... Swords... And a dagger. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Reckon? I don't like. I don't like, I don't like the idea of having shields introduced into it. I guess Feel it's free. too variable. It's too variable. It's fine. I understand nothing there. So suddenly I got a tower shield and like four tower definitely. shields and a dagger. Where we yeah, go with this? It's crazy yeah. talk. No, okay, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Right. All right. I know where you go with it. I know where you go with it. But uh, I'm it's it's whatever system you like. If you want, if you want, to, you want to introduce bucklers into your scale, you can. No, no. I think we stick with the same one because then everyone knows where they where they stand. We don't want people out there like kind of upset with there us. There will be quite a lot of people that will just not know where they are now. Yeah. New year. They don't quite new maybe system. do anything there. So. That's a true, true. It's a new new year. Maybe we can swatch, switch the skulls or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or dragon bones. Mm. Going back to the dragon thing, I'm a bit worried. Were <laughs> 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 you just trying to get me, get me hooked onto the thing now? <laughs> yeah, trying to let that one sink into your brain. Okay, I'm going I'm I'm to call it a day there. We've yep. gone long on time, bandits. Yep. But um, I think I think as a concept, it's really a, a hoot, really. Yeah, it's a good idea. And I think it's a, probably a nice way of sort of kind of like vignettes of these different scenes. Yeah, so yeah it's it it a clever idea and a bold choice to go with the dwarves. But um, probably, again, that's probably to frame it for kids to make them feel at yeah. the same level. 
All right. Okay. And, and slightly oh. com- uh, comedic. And lo- well, loads. Yeah, true. Yeah. Lots of fun. Just for that. Sort so, of fun things. Kids all love that type of stuff. So, um, yeah. Okay. Hitting it. Nothing to add here other than just to say a big thank you to Goblin's Henchman for pitching this whole monthly movie idea. And it's a pleasure to be able to host it. I just hope I can cut the mustard. <coughs> hey, Spencer, this is Rob, also known as Minion, calling from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. I don't know what went wrong, but I released an episode about time bandits just before you did and i i'm not sure if it's because i heard you guys talking about it and then i forgot or what it was but i have uh, discussed time bandits in, from a, a kind of peculiar um perspective but i've done that but i can't repeat that so i'm going to say something a little bit different time bandits is a wonderful movie in my opinion um terry gilliam is a fantastic uh, director in my opinion, uh, why is Time Bandits decent? Because it's kind of like um, it's a boy's own adventure story, right? And that's probably a little bit out of date in some ways, but it really is a boy's own adventure story. It, it's so childish in a lot of ways, and hopefully that doesn't put off uh, the f- female viewers, uh, the women viewers or, of any age. There's something quite charming about it. It is incredibly innocent in some ways, and it's rather violent and, and, and worrying in others. Um, but being kind of partially, largely, but maybe not completely successfully from a young uh, child's perspective, it is really um, a little bit different. Um, if anything is similar to it from Terry Gilliam, uh, I mean, you could say Jabberwocky and stuff like that, um, perhaps. Uh, Baron Munchausen, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen or Munchausen, um, seems to be a little bit closer for me. Um, it is a, a real fantasy story. Um, there's so much to say that's great about it. In some ways, it has a lot of um, elements that you will see around from around that time, like in the never-ending story, but without the sort of gag response um, <laughs> elements of those stories. Um, so it is a, a fairy tale in a lot of ways. But it's also quite clever and, um, um, I, I don't know how to say it. it's not absolutely innocent, is it? There's a lot of, um, a little bit of crookedness in it. It's a little bit bent and out of shape. And, um, and I suppose that's how we end the movie, right? Because God says, well, um, why is there evil? Well, you know, we need evil to ensure free will. So the whole, uh, all these elements, these chaotic elements, the the, uh, the various crises that arise are just from caprice um, in order to give people free will. And at the end, you know, the end, um, people are going to talk about it, but it's just a wonderful ending in a lot of ways. It reminds me of the snowman. Uh, is it Raymond Briggs? Raymond Briggs, is that right? Uh, and the animated version of that where the, the boy comes out and his snowman is melted Um and, and it ends on this kind of really sad and un, 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 unfortunate tone. Uh, Time Bandit's not quite the same tone, but it does end with you thinking, what the hell is going on? And, and why was that? And how does this all tie up? And is this still part of the dream? You're still, um, it, it's not concluded. The movie is not concluded in a, what is considered a um, clever or uh, refined way, according to, the narratives of most movies, most uh, Hollywood movies for certain. Instead, you end unsure of 
your position in life and what's going to come next, uncertain. Um, and for me, that's a really strong point of the movie. Um, yeah. So we do want to know what comes next. We never find out because there was not a time balance too. And I don't think everyone, there was everyone planned. Um, it's just part of this strange kind of quirky, um, dream element that our, uh, director, Terry Gilliam seems to really embrace. Anyway, hopefully that is not too pedantic or, uh, anal and you'll be able to make sense of that in some way. So thank you so much for taking the time to do the, uh, movie, movie, movie of the month. Um, it's interesting that it's been passed on from Jason of NerdsRBG to you. Um, but that sounds uh, really, uh, great. Um, and I'm glad that we can all sort of contribute in our little ways as, uh, anchorites or former anchorites or post anchorites and continue on the tradition of uh, kind of working in this way together. Right. Cheers. Hey, Rob. Glad you were able to call in in time. You talk about the unpleasantness and the violence, and I think there is something in that that really appeals to young kids, despite how we might feel like wanting to protect children from such things. It's certainly something that all the best children's authors understand and lean into. In fact, one of the most popular kids shows in Britain in recent years is Horrible Histories, which is all about the gruesomeness and barbarity of human history and kids just delight in all that stuff regardless of what us prudish adults might think and yes there's definitely something about that ending which is uncertain and unsettling and i think it's partially responsible for my fascination with ambiguity in general and those things that are impossible to nail down I know there's been talk of a sequel, actually, in the form of a TV show. And I have to say, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. But I have been surprised in the past with these things. If you want to hear more thoughts from Rob on the movie, I highly recommend checking out his Time Bandits episode on Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. I'll put a link in the show notes. <coughs> Hey Spencer, Lex here, uh, and I'm here to call in about Time Bandits. Oh gosh, what a film. Terry Gilliam has this kind of wild creative spark that always makes his movies such a joy to watch. Now in terms of Time Bandits, I want to talk about one specific thing that I love about this movie. And it's the fact that this movie is like super anti-consumerist. It's so great. <laughs> Morrisons have got one that can do that in eight seconds. Oh? Block of ice to beef bourguignon in eight seconds. Lucky things. The parents, I mean, they are the modern consumer. They care about their kitchen appliances. They do certainly do not care about their child. And you get to contrast that with Kevin and the angels who are going on these fun adventures and they're not buying stuff. Those adventures are based on stealing stuff. And I think that's a really important contrast. But then we get to the other big player in this movie, evil. I will be free and the world will be different because I have understanding. 
Uh, understanding of what, Master? Digital watches. And soon I shall have understanding of video cassette recorders and car telephones. And when I have understanding of them, I shall have understanding of computers. And when I have understanding of computers, I shall be the supreme being. Evil is all about technology and modernism. The Silicon Revolution, the microchip. He cares that slugs can't operate machinery. He wants to get rid of woolly thinking, this idea of imagination. He's solely against that. But how is he going to do it? Yes, folks. Moderna Designs present the latest in kitchen luxury. The Moderna Wonder Major All-Automatic Convenience Centerette. And here they are, the winners of the most fabulous object in the world. The answer to all their problems and yours is here for them tonight. The embodiment of evil is going to offer us an all-automatic convenient centerette as the most fabulous object in the world. The answer to all of our problems. Gilliam is just really hitting us over the head with this one, and I love it. I love it so much. But I think in that way, we kind of have a downer ending. I mean, Kevin doesn't defeat evil. The supreme being shows up and destroys him and then puts all of our other characters back to work in capitalism, right? And Kevin has to go back to his house and then his parents blow up. But then we get the wink from Sean Connery and we find that Kevin still has the photographs. And we know, as established earlier in the movie, that he can read the map from one of those photographs. So Kevin kind of now has this option that he can keep having these wild, fun adventures if he wants to. He doesn't have to grow up. And I don't know. I think that was kind of nice. That was a, sort of a nice thought to end the movie with, at least with this reading. But those are my big thoughts on Time Bandits. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Thanks, Spencer. Some sterling work there from Lex and a great note to end on, picking up on the whole anti-consumerism angle. I'm all for that, he says, as he backs the latest new shiny RPG on Kickstarter. And it's interesting how the idea of skipping through time, stealing priceless artifacts, is making a mockery of that too. Especially when you consider that the individuals involved seemingly have no real need for any of this stuff. And you know, I'm not sure I really appreciated the fact that Kevin still has a copy of the map in amongst his photographs. That brings a whole new twist to the ending for me. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go away and think about that some more. We've made it, lads! Well, there we have it. I really enjoyed my first go at hosting Movie Night, Movie Monday. That was a real pleasure. The movie for next month, which I'm not even sure I've actually seen, I'm going to be sticking with 1981 and we'll also be sticking with Ralph Richardson because that movie is Matthew Robbins' Dragon Slayer. So, give it a watch. Let me know your thoughts. It being a February, the cut-off date will be the 23rd and the best way to send in those entries is to either email me at spencer.threefrawl at gmail.com or via Discord, as detailed in the show notes, and I very much look forward to hearing from you. All the contributors to this episode will be in the show notes in order of appearance, and, well, let's just run through that list now, shall we? In order of appearance, 
you heard messages from the epically named Lex Mandrake, Jason Connolly of the Nerds RPG Variety cast, Joe Richter of Hindsightless, Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents, Daniel Norton of Bandit's Keep, Anthony Runeslinger Boyd of Casting Shadows, Goblin's Henchman and Company, Menion, a.k.a. Rob, of Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, and rounding things off with another message from Lex. Big thank you to everyone for taking part. I hope you haven't found the moving across from Nerds RPG Variety Cars too difficult. If there's any way you think I can make it easier for folks to contribute to the show, I'd love to hear about it. Well, that's quite enough from me. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate all the messages I receive. If you'd like to contact me, you can leave an audio message via speakpipe.com slash keepofftheborderlands, or one word. Or you can email me at spencer.freethrall at gmail.com. You can also find me in a variety of other places as detailed in the show notes if you enjoy the show a review would certainly be much appreciated music for Keep Off The Borderlands is provided by the multi-talented Mr TJ Drennan and it just remains for me to say take it away TJ Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.